Today, there are a lot of books, a lot of books being written, uh, and a lot of them are written with this goal in mind to tell you how you can be a success. If you were to go to a bookstore, if you can still find one, or if you were to go on Amazon right now, you could probably go on Amazon. Don't buy anything on Amazon during the service, okay? I know Amazon Prime is cool, but not during the service, all right? Not during the message. But if you were to go to one of these book outlets, you will find these books, tons of them, tons of them, and many of them helping you to be a success and, and having some good stuff. There's some good stuff out there, useful tips on how to be confident, how to be a confident person, how to have better self-esteem, how to have a better character, how to have better habits. Stephen Covey, right? You know, come on, come on. Did you know the Bible is a success book? The Bible is a success book. You've got the number one best-selling, all-time best book on success right in your hand right now. The Bible is a book about success. The Bible talks a lot about success. Joshua 1, verse 8. I want to bring this verse to bear upon your hearts and minds tonight. Joshua, the Lord told Joshua this. He said, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, and then you will be prosperous and successful. Successful. We've talked a lot about meditation. You've heard me talk about meditation. The biblical concept about meditation is this idea, in the, in the language it actually is paralleled with the idea of uh, the action of like a cow uh, chewing on the grass and literally what they call chewing on the cud. You know, a, a cow has four stomachs and they do this thing where they, you know, chew on the grass for a little while, swallow it into one of the stomachs. This is gross, but they bring it back up and they chew on it some more. And this is literally the biblical concept of meditation, that we're to chew on the word, that we're to meditate on the word. Uh, and, 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 and then we, 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 swallow it we digest it and then we bring it back up a little bit and, and chew on it some more meditate on it some more think on it some more and this verse tells us to not let the word literally to not let it depart from where from our mouth from our mouth and it says meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything written in it and then you will be prosperous and successful. So I want to encourage every single person here tonight. I want, to, I want to encourage you to meditate on this verse about meditating on the word. Amen? Let me say it again. I want, to, I want to encourage you to meditate on this verse that encourages you to meditate on the word day and night. Meditate on that. Chew on it. What's that? God wants you to be successful. God wants you to be prosperous and successful. Then you will be prosperous and successful. The Bible's definition of success deals with first the internal. First the inner man. The, 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 the person that's you deep down on the inside. God wants that person, you, to be prosperous and successful. Success in God's eyes, in his view, is living in right relationship with him and having life everlasting forever and ever and ever with him. But not only that, but a real authentic relationship with him every day, living with the Lord. This is success. This is waking up every day, having 
being prosperous just in your soul and your spirit and who you are because you're alive in Christ and, and you have that right relationship with him. Tonight in our study, we'll be looking at a person who in the Bible, in the Bible's view and God's view, was a great success. His name, Joseph. Joseph. Up until this point, you may say, well, it doesn't seem like Joseph was a success. And if you've been following us in the Genesis series, you'd say, well, he, he, he's not a success now. Doesn't seem like he's a success. We left off with Joseph in chapter 37. By the end of the chapter, he had been sold into slavery by his brothers to the Midianites, the Ishmaelites, and he was taken to Egypt. Doesn't seem like a success. He's not, a, he's not, oh, well, let's break out Joseph. Here's the example of the great success. Sold into slavery by his brothers. They took his coat, his big coat with the big sleeves, and they dipped it in the blood of a kid goat and lied to their father. This was where we left off. But Joseph is a success in the Lord's eyes. Joseph is sold to an important man in Egypt named Potiphar. Potiphar eventually puts Joseph in charge of his entire house, and we'll see that God blesses Joseph and gives him success. And tonight I wanna look at what makes Joseph a success. What makes Joseph a success and how you can be successful in God's eyes according to God's definition. So let's take a look at this. If you're taking notes tonight, the first point is this. Success is from the Lord. Success is from the Lord. Let's pick it up in Genesis chapter 39, verse 1. It says this. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And so Joseph found favor in his sight and he served him. And then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was was on all that he had in the house and in the field. And thus he had left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Success is from the Lord. Amen? One of the reasons that Joseph was a success was that he had a boundless energy, a boundless industry. He was a passionate person. I believe that God's called us to be passionate people. We need to be passionate. I mean, you need to figure out something that you can be passionate about. The first thing you need to be passionate about is the Lord Jesus. You need to be passionate about God. And we need to be enthusiastic. You know, you're looking around people, you know, a lot of people that aren't enthusiastic, they're not passionate about something. These aren't the successful people in life. And, and we're to be enthusiastic, and we're really, first and foremost, to be enthusiastic about the Lord. In fact, the word enthusiastic actually is from the language entheos. It's actually literally to be possessed by a God, to be 
enthusiastic is to be possessed by God. Who is it? Anybody here possessed by the living God here tonight? Then you can be enthusiastic. You can be passionate about the living God in your life. And if you allow the Lord to give you some enthusiasm about him, then that's going to trickle over into everything else that you do and everything else that you put your hand to. Joseph was a passionate person. We see that that Joseph wasn't lazy. Joseph was a go-getter. Now, when when you look at the Bible, from cover to cover, you will see that God tends to use people that are industrious and energetic. He tends to use people that are go-getters. He doesn't usually use lazy people. I mean, you don't see a lot of, you know, and, you know, so-and-so was sitting twiddling his thumbs and the Lord called out to him. (laughs) You know, no, you know, when Moses was on the backside of the desert tending his father-in-law's sheep, then the Lord called to him from the burning bush. Amen? You know, Jesus came up to Peter, James, and John. There they were in the boats trying to fix their nets, trying to do something, trying to be industrious with something, and he called them. Even Paul was industrious and energetic in his passionate defense of the law and his persecution of Christians. He was was passionate, but he was just misguided. And when God, if you'll let God get a hold of your misguided tendencies and turn those things into the passions and the enthusiasm that you need in your life, then God's going to bring some great success into your life. Amen? The text here says that the Lord was with Joseph. He was sold into slavery. He was bought by a man who was, who was high up in Egypt, Potiphar, uh, you know, a servant of Pharaoh, in the, in a master, so to speak, way up in the, in the, in the Egyptian politics of the, of the time. And the text says here that the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. And, and that's exactly the way it says it. <laughs> the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And really, I mean, honestly, that's the definition right there. You want, you want God's definition of success, it's the Lord being with you. Amen? The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. The Lord was with Joseph. The number one way to be a successful person is to have the Lord with you. Amen? Let me say that again. The number one way to be a successful person is to have the Lord with you. When you have God with you, you can accomplish quite a bit. Amen? You, and it's been said this way, you and the Lord are a majority. (laughs) Amen? You can accomplish a lot with, with the Lord. With, with, when the Lord is with you, when you're walking with the Lord, when, when the Lord is, 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 is on your heart, on your mind, and, and, and we need that. And Paul put it this way in, the Romans, in his letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verse 31, what shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God's with you, if you go out into this world, you've got God with you, hey, you, you've got... God with you. And if God is for us, who can be against us? So the text says that Joseph was a successful man. The Lord was with him, and, and he was a successful man. But when you analyze the situation that we, that we have here, you analyze the situation, there's not a lot about Joseph's current situation that you would call successful. He had been called, he'd been sold into slavery, into a different country from his own. He had been taken away from his family and now a slave in Egypt. But yet he's called a successful person. 
How many times have we been in a situation, we, things haven't turned out maybe the way that, you know, we, we got a word, you know, we got a word from the Lord, this was going to happen, or, or we had this idea, we had a vision, we had a dream, something that God was going to do. Of course, Joseph had a dream, <laughs> and that's what got him into this mess. But anyways, uh, you have that, and then it, it, it doesn't seem to be going in that direction. It doesn't seem to be happening, and you can really, you know, lose sight. You can lose focus. You can really kind of become discouraged. But one of the things that when you look in this, uh, this story of Joseph that has been such an incredible encouragement to me over the years is how I don't really ever see where Joseph, maybe it's just not recorded for us or something, but it's like he never got discouraged. I'm sure there were the moments, I'm sure if they, the whole story was written for us, but the Lord is taking care to show us that Joseph was this man that just knew that the Lord was with him. He had that dream. He had that vision. He knew the sun, moon, and the stars were going to bow down. He knew that the stalks were going to be gathered together and bow down because the Lord had given him that. But he is a successful person. Why? Why is Joseph a successful person? Joseph's success was on the inside. Joseph's success was on the inside. I believe you'll never truly be a success on the outside until you become a success on the inside. You need to be a success on the inside. And he knew who he was in God. He knew he was God's child. He knew God had spoken to him. He knew the vision that he had been shown. And even though the present circumstance didn't reflect that, he was still a success. And you need to be a success on the inside. So many people focus on success on the outside first. And if you don't have the success on the inside that God wants you to have, success on the outside will get you into a lot of trouble, will lead people into a lot of trouble. We see it in our culture. We see it with people literally killing themselves worth millions, worth millions all the success, the cars are all lined up, the mansions, the marble floors, the gold faucet in the bathroom. But you know what? The cornflakes still taste the same. <laughs> in the trailer park that they do in the mansion in Malibu. Success needs to be on the inside. When you have success on the inside, you're a successful person. Amen? Success with the Lord, knowing that the Lord is with you. Another reason why Joseph was a success was that his industry and energy, as well as the presence of the Lord on his life, was recognized by his master Potiphar. His, his master Potiphar recognized it. You know what that tells me? It tells me that he lived it in such a way that it was apparent. He got up every day and he did his thing. <laughs> he got up every day and he took care of business. He got up every day and he was that man on the inside, uh, a person of God, a person who knew that the Lord was with him, a person who knew that he had received a word from the Lord, a vision and a dream. And that caused him to get up every day and he lived it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think that's a key because a lot of people want to be recognized at work. 
They want to be recognized at work. But the question really is, I think, let me ask it this way. Is it something that is self-evident in your life and how you're carrying out your day-to-day life that it, that it can be recognized? Are you following me? That it can be recognized, that someone can look on, that your boss can look on, that someone else looking on says, wow, the Lord's with him. Look at him. Look at the industry. Look at the energy. Look at the focus. Look at the diligence. Look at the responsibility. Look at this guy. And the Lord recognized, and the the Lord, well, yeah, the Lord did recognize, but Potiphar saw too. Amen. Does your boss recognize your industry, energy, and the presence of God in your life? The house was blessed. The house became blessed. Potiphar's house became blessed because of everything I just said about how Joseph conducted his life, because of the presence of the Lord with him that he took care of business. And you know what? You can be that blessing to your company. Your business, your school, the church, your own company, if you're blessed to have your own company. You can can have that blessing upon upon that place where, where you work, where you get up every day and do your thing, and you have the Lord with you. And and the house will be blessed. And the house was blessed. And Potiphar recognized it. And Potiphar put him in charge. Also, Joseph committed himself to the task at hand. Not only was the Lord with him, he committed himself to the task at hand. Everything that was in his hand, everything was in his hand. And he was committed to the task at hand, the task in his hand. How did the text put that? So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of the house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was all that he, on all that he had in the house. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know what he had except for the bread with which he ate. What's that? That, it was all, that, that there was a task that was put into his hand. And when it was put into his hand, he, he took care of the task at hand. What is the task that's presently in your hand? Are you totally committed to the task with your, ener- your energy, your industry, your enthusiasm, the presence of the Lord in your life to take care of the task that's been placed in your hand? There's so many people that want to have success, but there's a task in your hand that needs to be taken care of. There's a task in your hand that needs to be attended to. A lot of people want success, and they want to be successful. But when you look to see if they are industrious and energetic with the the task at hand, ah, where is it? Where's the energy? Where's the enthusiasm? Where's the industry? Not so much. Commitment to what is presently in their hand. A lot of people want, well, I wish they'd give, I wish they'd put more in my hand. I wish I could have more responsibility. I wish I could do more. Take care of the task that's been put in your hand. If you want to move up, if you want to be more successful, be 100% committed to the task or the tasks 
that have been put in your hand, 100%. You know, you, know you see those, those little things like, I'm going to give 110%, right? Not possible. <laughs> you can't give 110%. You can only give 100%, right? But, you know, I get it. I get it. You know, oh, hey, boss, put me in. Put me in. Put me in over here. I'm going to give 110%. Okay, we'll just, we'll be satisfied with 100%. 100% committed to the task or the tasks that you have been, that have been put into your hand. And this is what Joseph did. And he, and he was a great success. Amen? Secondly, why was, he, why was he a success? He did the right thing. He did the right thing. Let's look at verse 7. Well, let's read the last sentence there in verse 6. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept anything uh, back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as she spoke to, to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her, to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside, that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called to the men of the house and spoke to them, saying, See, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us, and he came into me to lie with me. And I cried out with a loud voice, and it happened when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. And then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant with, with whom you brought to us came to me to mock me. So it happened, as I lifted up my voice and cried out, that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words, which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. And then Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. Let's stop right there. Another reason that made Joseph a great success was that he did the right thing. And the, and the point for us is that we need to do the right thing. You want to be a success? Do the right thing. Do what is right. Another principle in being a successful person is to do what's right. It's been said like this, you can never go wrong by doing what's right. Amen? You can never go wrong by doing what's right. Joseph was a good-looking guy. He was handsome. Right? All the girls were like, whoo, whoo, Joseph was handsome. Right? And all the guys were like, yeah, I'm, I'm, as, I'm as handsome as Joseph was. Right? Yeah, we, we thought that. We thought that. I'm, I'm, I'm at least as handsome as Joseph. You have to be careful when you're handsome. <laughs> you have to be careful when you're handsome. 
You have to be careful when you're handsome and you're industrious and you're energetic and you have the blessing of the Lord on you and you have the presence of the Lord with you. Why? Because it's attractive. Because it's attractive. And passionate people, attractive people, because of all those characteristics, can get into trouble if they're not careful. David is the perfect example of this, right? King David. We all love David. We all love King David. Man after God's own heart. But the, the passion, some, he, he got him into trouble. Joseph, on the other hand, is an example for us of the guy who found himself in that exact situation and he did the right thing. Now think about this. This is probably, this is maybe something, I don't know, maybe he could have gotten away with this. Let's say he wanted to do it. Let's say he wanted to go through with it. He might have been able to get away with it. I mean, she wanted him. Right? Bad. I mean, you, we just read it, right? Day after day and all that. She grabbed his coat and the whole thing. I mean, she wanted him bad. <clears throat> he could, he, he might have he gotten away with it. But you know what he did? He did the right thing. He does the right thing. And the message for us is do the right thing. Meditate. I mean, you know, You'll, you'll be careful to do what's written in the word when you're meditating in the word day, day and night and so that you will hear the word will come to your rescue. My wife's big on this. My wife is on this one, okay? If she's on anything, she's on just allowing the word to come to our rescue exactly in the moment that we need it. And if you're meditating in the word day and night, careful to not let it depart from your mouth, guess what? It's going to come right to your rescue in the exact moment that you need it so that it can encourage you, so that it can speak to you, so that you can do the right thing. And Joseph said, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? The word for wickedness here is a word that means evil. Now, here's a problem that we have in our culture today. Look at this. Look at this situation. Think about this scenario that we just read about. Joseph's handsome. He's taking care of business. He's doing the work. He's way high up in the organization. Right? The CEO's wife wants him. And he says, I can't do this wickedness. I want this to sink in for us tonight. Because our culture has painted a picture, has told it in stories and movies and songs and every which way, TV shows and scenarios and sitcoms and rom-coms and all kinds of comms, <laughs> right? Oh, this is, a, this is a fun thing over here. This is an okay thing over here. This is just a fling over here. We're just doing our thing over here. And Joseph understood it for what it was, right? He said, how can I do this wickedness? The word there in the Hebrew is actually is a word for evil, and that's, we, 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 need, we need to understand what is evil. 
And part of, part of the way we're going to understand what's evil is being in the Word. That's what's going to help us understand what's evil. And when we can say, like Joseph, how can I do this wickedness, this evil, then we're going to do the right thing, and that's going to just continue us on this path. Now, John said in his epistle, if you sin, we have an advocate, Jesus the righteous, okay? So this isn't, this isn't about condemnation. Oh, well, he, he really pounded us tonight about doing the right thing. And I was really, you know, liking the service for a while until he got on that point because I just felt so bad about all the wrong things that I've done. If you've sinned, we have an advocate, Jesus the righteous. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen? But God wants us to be a great success, and he wants us to be people of character, and he wants us to be people of his presence and people who understand wickedness. And so Potiphar's wife frames Joseph. Sometimes you might even be, get framed. You might even be framed. But you have to remember when you, do what, when you do the right thing, when you do what's right, when you do what's right in God's eyes, that you're a success in God's eyes. Amen. And the last thing we want to look at tonight is when looking at success that promotion is from the Lord. Promotion is from the Lord. Let's pick it back up in verse 21. Let's pick it at 20. At 20 so we can get the context back here. Then Joseph's master took him and put him in prison a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the, the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison and whatever they did there, and it was his doing. And the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Promotion is from the Lord. Promotion is from the Lord. the Lord. The Lord is with you. If you understand that first key to success is having the Lord with you. And, 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 and having the Lord with you is, is, kind of making, is kind of making that step towards the Lord and realizing that he's already taken 10,000 steps towards you. And then the gap has been closed because of the gospel, because of the blood of Christ. And you're with the Lord. So you've stepped over from unsuccessful <laughs> to successful. You stepped over into success. And as you keep stepping and you keep walking and you keep walking in the word and you keep walking in the, in the Lord, you, you, you could, you, the Lord shows you the right thing. I think somebody mentioned it earlier about the steps of the righteous being ordered and looking for that next step and, and our steps being laid out before us. And it's the, it's the, it's the, the word, it's a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. And, and, and it enables us and it, it, it speaks to us about doing the right thing. And, 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 and that success begins to build. And then as that success begins to build, then, then there's this promotion. There's this promotion. And this is just the beginning of the promotion. You see... It was, it was kind of a demotion. I mean, here he is at the head of Potiphar's house, but then he gets framed and he gets demoted into prison. But then in the prison, he gets promoted to the head of the prison. 
you know, under the, the warden, I guess, right? And the warden even didn't even look after anything that was put under Joseph's authority. I mean, so this Joseph is a pretty incredible guy. Amen? And God continued to give him favor. And Genesis 39, 21, we just read it, put it this way. I'll th I threw this up on the screen for you so you can just look at it. Just look at it. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. You say, well, I don't want, I don't want favor in the eyes of the, you know, in the, in the eye. Hey, you take the favor when, when the Lord, when the Lord has favor on you and in that situation, and it may be even a low situation. You stay committed in that situation because that's a promotion and, and realizing that the favor and the promotion is from the Lord and that promotion is going to lead as you continue in that pathway, it's going to lead to that next promotion and you don't know where that promotion was and I'm just going to give you a sneak hint, a sneak peek and you know the story, a lot of you know the story that he ends up having a couple prisoners come that have some dreams and he tell and he, and he, and he, basically interprets those dreams. And those guys go back to the service of Pharaoh, and one of them remembers. One of them forgets, but one of them remembers when Pharaoh has some dreams. And he says, you know what? There was this guy in prison that interpreted my dream. And, and, and maybe Pharaoh, he can interpret your dream. And the text says that he was called out he was called out from the dungeon to the presence of Pharaoh and he stood there and he was cleaned up and they put, uh, you know, probably a, you know, a, a, a Prada jacket on him, you know, the Pharaoh version. They, they put some type of something on him and, and, and he walked into Pharaoh and there he was clean shaven, standing before the Pharaoh, the king of the world, and he interpreted this man's dreams. And by the end of it, he was put into the second in charge of all of Egypt. So, wow, that's heavy-duty stuff. You say, well, I don't want to be that high up the ladder. <laughs> you know what, deep down, deep down, I think that all of us share a couple main desires. We want to know that we're loved, and you do want to be a success. Raise your hand, <clears throat> just taking a poll. Raise your hand if you'd like to be a failure. I didn't get any takers. Okay, so I'm right. Everyone wants to be a success. Everyone wants to be a success. And, and this is the way. This is the way. The psalmist put it this way in Psalm 75. Pick it up, verse 6. You'll see it on the screen. For no one on earth from east or west or even from the wilderness should raise a defiant fist. It is God alone who judges, judges and he, who, he decides who will rise and who will fall. And whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. I want to close with this. Early on in my ministry... I, you know, looking back, I had like some, you know, some great success. We, we took a youth pastor position in Virginia where we took like this youth group, 40 kids, 
40 kids and an upright piano in an old church sanctuary on Harpersville Road in Newport News, Virginia. And within the next year, year and a half, with the Lord's favor and the Lord's anointing, we had as many as 200 teenagers packed into that place, loving on the Lord and serving the Lord and going on mission trips and, and showing up on every night of the week, going, what's going on tonight? And punk kids, skinhead kids from the schools showing up in long black trench coats with, one of them was a pastor's kid at the Baptist church across town that I guess he didn't like going to his dad's church. <laughs> he showed up at our youth group. One day I'm sitting at my desk and I get a phone call from the senior pastor of Orchid Baptist Church in the center of town. And he said, Charles, I don't know what you're doing over there. I don't know what you got going. But somehow you've reached my son. And I want you to come over here on a Sunday night and bring your whole thing and bring your whole team and whatever you want to do and just come over and just take over the whole service. And, uh, and, the, and, the, and the Lord did, you know, some incredible, incredible things. And, the, and, I, and I went out from there. I won't tell you that whole story, how that all ended up happening. If you want to know, you can ask me. Went out from there and did a bunch of other stuff. Pioneered another youth group in Orlando, Florida. Pioneered a church in Orlando, Florida. Pastored it for 13 years. Gave my blood, sweat, and tears and every ounce of my energy and industry into that place. And there got to be a time when I actually felt like I couldn't do anything right. I got to a point where I got to the where no matter what I did, no matter what I said, no matter how I tried to rally the troops, no matter how many hours I prayed, no matter how many hours I studied, no matter how I brought the word out, no matter how many bonfires I put together, no matter how many cool graphic cards I printed up and passed out and slogans and banners of we're going to do this and we're on mission from God. And it got to the point, literally, this is how bad I'm closing off here. It got to the point that it was so bad that one day I was sitting at my computer and I was thinking about that old mythological story of Midas. Remember that story? Everything he touched turned to what? Gold, right? And it was called the Midas touch. Right? And I looked around at all these guys doing all this stuff. And I said, wow, God. I just, I guess I'm a loser. I guess I'm just not as good as those guys. Maybe they love you more than I do. Maybe they, I didn't think they did. Because I love the Lord Jesus with all my heart and there's nothing more that I would do than anything that he said to me to do. 
and to sell my house and pack up and go with nothing and walk into a city with absolutely penniless and show up to do something for the Lord. I actually looked up, I Googled. I said, well, what's the opposite of the Midas touch? Well, if you spell Midas backwards, it's Sidem. Right? This is how my brain works, okay? <laughs> you got to follow me here. I, I said the Sidem touch must be something because that's what I have. Because everything I touch doesn't turn to gold. It goes the other direction. And so sure, sure enough, and you can Google it, I looked up Sidem touch, and sure enough, it's a whole thing. Everything you do turns to garbage. <laughs> And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't want to have the Sidon touch. And I don't necessarily want to have the Midas touch either. Lord, I just want to do something and be successful for you. Amen? And you know what? Part of the success I think that has, God's brought into my life is not necessarily this big grandiose thing but it's a perspective about what success is in life what true success having a relationship with the Lord Jesus and loving him with all your heart mind soul and strength and having a great relationship with your spouse and loving your spouse and husbands loving your wife as Christ loved the church and wives loving your husbands and loving your kids and taking care of them and bringing them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, bringing up them up in the word of God, bringing them up when you have to sit them down and say, you know what, I don't care what everyone else does. We don't do that. And bringing them up. And just knowing at the end of the day that there's that basic success that can never, ever be taken away from you. Amen? And it's success by God's definition. By God's definition. So church, I want to challenge you tonight. Here's your homework. Joshua 1 verse 8. Meditate on it for this week.